Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Welcome, everyone, to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. I'm Charlie. And I'm Eva, obviously. (laughs) The mission of Corporate Talk is to use all our collaborative powers, skills, energies to make a difference in the workplace, even as one person. Our companies need us now more than ever. So let's see what we can do to help. How are you? I am okay. And you know what I was thinking about that? It's not just our companies that need us now more than ever. Everybody needs us now more than ever. We've got to bring our A game. We've got to bring the say. A game, um, and it's all connected, which we'll get into in a minute. We have a great guest today. Mm. Um, of course, I want to start off by saying we're broadcasting live from a secure bunker in Cincinnati. Um, it's Monday, so it's a secure, desolate bunker because yeah, for some reason – Restaurants are closed on Mondays in uh, Cincinnati. Um, Not all of them, but some of them are, yeah. So we usually have to cook. Um, (laughs) So anyway, briefly, tell us about your workshop that you're doing, which is very exciting. First. Yes, it is exciting. Um, I do hold stage fright workshops in the Cincinnati area, and soon they will be... um, Universal. Yes, they're in, into the universe they will go. Um, yeah, but they're a lot of fun. It, I incorporate coaching, some acting, some energy psychology. So it kind of brings all those three together to help people get over stage fright because it's not that easy. And it's really about not just getting up in front, in front of people to present. It's about just speaking up wherever you're at. Right. And I wanted to bring that up mm. um, purposely for this show. We have a great guest coming on in uh few minutes, um, but I wanted to relate it to your workshop because stage fright means what? I mean, I can make the case that it could mean I'm afraid to start something. I'm afraid to start a business relationship or I'm afraid to start a career change or a relationship with others outside of my choir, and I could explain what what I mean by my choir. Um, so, in a sense, right, it is related. Well, it's all it's all related around fear. Right? It's all related around right. fear. So, not everyone has the fear of starting up a business, but maybe they have a fear when they started up that business of actually then talking about that business to other people. So when I talk about stage fright, I talk about it in a much broader context than we normally would talk about it in, right? Because I talk about it in the context of that we're afraid to get up and talk to people, even if it's just talking to someone one-on-one. Right. And everybody's stage fright takes a little bit of a different turn. So some people are afraid to get up and present. Other people are afraid to have a one-on-one conversation um, some people are okay with a group of four. Some people are okay with a group of 400, but not an intimate group of four. So it all has very different aspects to it for different people. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't want to go off topic from today's show, which, um, is going to be great. Mm-hmm, it is going to be great. But, um, I wanted to throw that out there only because 
maybe my fear is coming from uh, I'm in a foreign group. I'm in a maybe I selected the wrong thing for myself. Maybe uh, my approach is wrong. Maybe the the team around me I didn't choose properly. Well, that's a really good point, right? Um, you're right. And what we try to do in the workshop is help bring people's fear down and get comfortable with themselves so that when the fear comes up, it's actually a good indicator that maybe you don't have the right team around you. Maybe you're in a situation that you shouldn't be in. It's letting your intuition come out so that you can use your intuition properly. So at the end of the day, it's a lot to do with um, your interactions and relationships as well. Well, yeah. I mean, it's all about finding your groundedness and your center and being comfortable with that so that when you do feel some fear, you kind of go on the alert of saying, hmm, something's not right. Even though everything looks okay, something's not right here. Okay, so I confused that topic enough. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing I want to say is we're always proud of the content we bring to the show. We're always proud of the guests and the fact that we get to meet most of them, um, yes. and today is no exception. Um, and I would like to introduce our very special guest, um, life relationship expert coach, um, Daphna Levy. Daphna, are you with us? I certainly am. Excellent. Um, first, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva, and thanks for being so patient. How are you? Good. I've, I've been enjoying listening to you guys. Very <laughs> thanks. intriguing. Yeah, we learned, right, that everything is all connected. It is all connected. A lot of times, uh, Daphna, we get comments like, why are you talking about relationships on a corporate talk format? And I say things like, well, because did you hear about Joe last night? And stay away from Joe. He's having issues at home. And, you know, it's all connected. It is all connected because if you pick right in your relationships – and I know Daphna will speak to this later, is you can also pick right for your employees that yes, you're working with and I your like team that, that you're pulling together. Term, and we're right? going to beat that to death a little we bit. We will beat that to death. So, Daphna, tell us um, first, maybe you can tell us how we can contact you, how our listeners can reach you so they can follow along. The best way to reach me is through my website, one of my websites, pickingright.com, which is also the title of my book, Picking Right, The Singles Guide to Finding the Right Match. But as you said, it also applies to business. It applies to who is your employer, who is your employee, uh, who are who do you associate with in the workplace. They can be detrimental to your health and your the health of your career or can be an asset to you. Right, as so an analyst. Okay. I, I don't want to oversell myself, but in my career <laughs> I was an analyst. I could use that book and I would read that book end to end and learn about one-on-one relationships and see how to apply that elsewhere, right? Right. I think the market for that book, Daphna, is unlimited. I mean, the niche might be one-on-one, I get it, but I think it's unlimited. Mm -hmm. I really do. Absolutely. One of the uh, exercises I have in my book, my book has 16 exercises, so people the reader can actually engage and get involved and see how they can use the information in their life. So one of the exercises I call the math of relationships. And this math of relationships really, for example, if, if you and I were friends, by myself, am I better off? 
with you, am I as well off as I was before, or am I worse off? Mm. Or is our relationship, our friendship, our business connection making my life and your life even better? So it's like one plus one equals two, or maybe one plus one equals ten, or maybe one plus one equals zero. So this math of relationship applies to anything, whether it's romantic relationship, business, job, career, and so forth. That's pretty good. And it's really good. Yeah. You know, and then on the other hand, it takes courage to understand that and act upon it if I think I'm doing the right thing. Um, but um, not doing any better, maybe I need to revisit my relationship. I think that's the hardest part, right? Yeah. When we have to revisit and we have to analyze and, and realize that, uh-oh, I maybe didn't make the right choice a long time ago. Now I have Daphne's book, and now I realize I have to do something about this, and that's going to be a little tricky. Right. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, sometimes to have the life you want, you have to have some guts. And you have to get that right. (laughs) You know, and you can't be wishy-washy, you know, like, oh, you know, try to view the world through rose-colored glasses because it is what it is. Right, that's exactly right. And, you know, I was wondering, so kind of taking a step back for a second, so when you're looking for the right person, let's say that you're looking for the right person um, in a corporate environment, where do you... Where do you even start? Do you start first with yourself and getting comfortable with yourself before you start looking? Or is there, do you have like a checklist that you would go through? If you are reaching out into the corporate world, you're probably somewhat comfortable with yourself. You've been Mm -hmm. around the block for a while. You know what you're looking for. You are, uh, you are ambitious. You're dynamic. Otherwise, you would just, you know, do something very average. So we assume that that's in place. Then, yes, there is sort of a checklist that you go through, and there are indicators. There are things that will show you whether or not you're uh, going to possibly get in trouble with this person, or this person is going to be an asset or a liability to you in the workplace. Oh, that's interesting because I think that most times – we don't really have like a set checklist. Like we have an idea of who we'd like to work with and, and the type of person that we'd like to work with, but we don't necessarily have that in a format that we could actually go through and start to look at and kind of use as a checklist. So I think that would be a, a great thing to have handy. Yeah, I actually have an article, eight tips to picking the right partners, employees, and clients. And if your listeners want to email me, at info at pickingright.com. I will be happy to send them this document. Oh, that's perfect. So, Daphne, let's take a step back a little bit. How did you actually get into picking relationships? I was actually coaching a lot of ambitious people, career people, entrepreneurs, artists, and I found that relationships, whether interpersonal, familial, romantic, were interfering with their career. And they would be so distracted by this turmoil in their life. So it became an expertise. It became something I had to take care of, help them with time and time again, just to get to a point so they can then flourish. And they do. I've had clients who doubled their income and and were promoted uh, tremendously just after a 
handling a relationship situation. There was a distraction. Oh, that's so. When you started to work with clients, how were you able to then help them start picking the right person? I mean, what type of research did you have to do to get that to figure out what it takes to pick the right person? I've been coaching since 1986, so that's a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of experience, a lot of people. So uh, just accumulated that experience, that that knowledge. It, I know what works, what doesn't. That's incredible. Um, and excuse me, everyone. I had like a Marco Rubio moment, and I had to unplug and go choke and have some water and come back. <laughs> but I'm back. 1986. I mean, uh, so you started a coaching career in 1986. Correct. Wow, and so where did that um, come from? I mean, what gave you that uh, that urge to be a coach, to help others? I've always had that urge since I was a little girl. I was I was not the I mean I wasn't an I wasn't a usual little girl or something. <laughs> Interesting. But I've always had the urge to make a difference, to make a big difference. So Interesting. When you do then you start, people start gravitating to you. Like my husband once said, somebody just, a stranger sits with you and just start telling you your life, their life story. And that would happen time and time again. Wow. Um, so we're going to take our first break, Daphne, so please stay with us. But it was good to know because now we know that was your mission. Mm-hmm. So when you coach and your points are well taken now because we know it's coming from deep within you because that's something you were drawn to do many years ago, right? Which is really cool. Um, so stay with us, everyone. A lot more to come. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and special guest Daphna Levy. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning Shared Leadership Training Seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is Daphna Levy. That's she's a relationship expert, and you can learn more about Daphna at www.pickingright.com. So, Daphna, before the break, you know, you were talking a little bit about your background and how you've been coaching since 1986, which I know that you've seen not only 
so many issues that people have, but also, you know, you've really gotten a great understanding around relationships and what people are looking for and what mistakes they make. So when you see, when you see some of your clients and you're talking to them about, um, picking the right person, what is it that you see that people do wrong the most? Like what are some of the mistakes that people make? They refuse to see what they're looking at. Ooh. For example, let's, let's take let's take the business world. Mm-hmm. You have uh, somebody you want to go into business with, and this person um, is is deceptive. They deceive people around them, and you see them having shady deals. And you think, no, with me they'll be different. You know, we're going to go into business, and we're going to be... And, and and they were actually kind of justified in that that shady deal was not that gray. It was light gray. It wasn't dark gray. And they basically refused to observe or acknowledge the obvious, what's obviously in front of them. This person is deceptive. How many times have we done that? No, it's you know it's great. I like that. I like the way you worded that. Refuse to see what they're looking at, right? It's right in front of you. It's right in front of you, but you're giving this person the benefit of the doubt, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. However, you know, so many times we feel it. That's what I was talking about earlier, you know, about intuition. We feel it in our gut. We feel that something's wrong even though on paper everything looks great. Something is telling us that something's not right. Yet we tend to just gloss over it. Exactly. So, and we need to learn to trust ourselves mm-hmm. and our own gut feeling. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Because that to me is the key, is learning to trust ourselves. Because we question when we get that gut feeling, we tend to question that gut feeling and say, is it right? Well, maybe maybe they're okay. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm having a bad day. Or because on paper, this person looks perfect. Or so-and-so introduced me to them and... And they're saying that they're a great person, but yet something inside of you is telling you that it's not okay. And sometimes we need to listen to that voice. We always need to listen to that voice. We need to hone that intuition and then listen to that intuition. And so I, I really like that. That's a great one about refusing to see what you're looking at because it's right there in front of you. And so when you talk to people about that, how do you get them to actually start changing their mind about what they're seeing. So you you know that when you're coaching someone that they're dealing with someone that might be deceptive. How do you get them to really take a look at that and change their mind? I get them to communicate about it. Tell me specifically. And then let's say I, I might make a list. Go, so, uh, so he took his last partner to court. Hmm. And he, uh, how much money did he get from him? All right. And what happened with the previous partner? Okay. And he's surrounded by lawsuits. Mm, all right. And I might make, I might jot down everything they're telling me and then show them what they just told me about. That's great because none of us ever want to admit that we're wrong. Or that, yeah, no, you know I'm thinking I mean? about this. Uh, yeah. I agree. And that the other thing is, um, Daphna is letting it come out on its own. Well, let's see what the, well, let's see what the board looks like. Well, this is what we just learned, right? Is this the relationship you want to pursue? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, um, yes, okay, well, why? You know, 
uh, gets you could you could really get deeper. You could do deeper. a little decision tree. On yeah, that. you could do yeah, like yeah, a decision yeah. tree. That's pretty good, yeah, that. Huh? Thank you. And you know, here is a trick. I'll, I'll teach you, you, your listeners, a trick. If somebody is insisting on doing something uh, destructive, one way to snap them out of it is just have them tell you all the wonderful why this destructive thing is so wonderful. What's so wonderful about going into into uh, business with this person who just uh, was a millionaire, is a millionaire, just got out of prison? <laughs> yeah. What's so wonderful about this, this uh, <laughs> upcoming partnership? Just tell me about it. And sometimes they tell you and tell you and, and don't make them wrong because, like you said, Charlie, people don't like, no, we don't like to be wrong. And let them go and they might sleep on it for a couple of days and come back to you and say, you know, I decided not to go for it. And you should never say, I told you so. You just go, right. oh, well, okay, <laughs> I respect your decision. You know, um, uh, I don't mean to go off topic too far, but so picture a boardroom and a corporation is talking about some type of business plan or investment model that may not, that's a little bit too confusing and we're not sure if it's, if it's legal. And, but if you go through that same checklist, well, what's the good that's going to come out of this, right? What's good about this idea? Is it, is it only the potential money? Is it, is it, uh, going to do anything better for the company, for the integrity. And a lot of decisions can be made and changed as a result. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. I love it. Well, and I think, though, too, sometimes is, you know, going a little deeper, like not not everyone necessarily has to be a bad guy, right? So you may be thinking about bringing on another partner, bringing on another teammate, but sometimes those people just may not be the right person for you to work with. So when you're looking at and when you're helping your clients and and you're looking at potential partners or potential employees, what other things are you asking them to look at? Because sometimes it's just that the personalities may not gel, even though the person might be fine. You're so right, Eva. Another thing I have them look at is the person's level of productivity and how fast they work. Because if one person works very fast, makes decisions quickly, um, accomplishes tasks quickly, and another person is very slow, this is going to be a bad combination. You need to have somebody who is compatible, similar to you in terms of how fast they work, how fast they can decide. Because otherwise, one person goes, this is a great deal, let's move on it, this is a wonderful uh, real estate deal, um, we can close escrow in 45 days, and the other one, no, we have to decide, we need to do more research, six months from now, well, six months from now, the deal is no longer available. So you need to have somebody comparable in how fast they move, how fast they work. That's a really great point about, you know, some people being faster than others, slower than others, some people being more methodical. And I think it makes sense that even though maybe I'm a little more more methodical in how I make my decisions, maybe bringing on an employee or a partner that's a little bit faster could be a good complement. So it's a little tricky in determining, you know, is it just that 
this isn't my style necessarily, but yet on the other hand, maybe this style is something that our organization needs. Maybe we need a little bit of both. And so it can be, I would think it'd be, there's a little bit of a tricky area, a little bit of a gray area here as to how to determine, well, yeah, even though this isn't necessarily my style, is it a style that I can live with? And is it a style that my organization needs to prosper? That's a good, that's a good point. And that's the criterion is, does the combination of two of you or however many of you make the organization prosper? Or does it impede prosperity? And right. That's exactly right. Because otherwise, because sometimes even though our style is okay, sometimes we need a different personality just on board to show us a different way to do things so that we keep everything moving forward. Um, and we bring in a little bit more creativity, too, I would think. Yeah, correct. But it's all relative. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the disparity can be so great that it's counterproductive, or the disparity can be just enough to for the two of you to challenge each other and, and stimulate each other. And so how do you decide that? How do you decide if it's too much or if it's the right mix? Uh, you take an example of uh, uh, an existing or a potential um, business deal or a decision that needs to be made. And you say, oh, this is going to be a disaster. Nothing will get done. Or, yeah, actually, this is good. I think that's a really good way. I think that's a really great way of, of doing an interview by bringing up what could be some potential problems or even something that you had in the past or some decision-making that you had had in the past and bringing on that person and asking them what they would do. And then you would have to decide whether or not you could live with that or not. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's great because I think that we don't tend to go to that level when we're interviewing someone or bringing someone on as, as a potential partner when we should because we really want to be able to see whether or not we can live with the decisions that this person would be, you know, in the middle of. It's almost like with Daphne's them. style forces us to all be analysts. <laughs> right. Let's see what's coming out visually from this discussion and if it's where we want to be or not. You know, we've heard opposites attract, so maybe we're looking in we're looking at opposites like a fast decision maker or a slow decision maker and where it's sort of seizing up the business because we're we're canceling each other out, right? Right. So like you said, it's all relative. Right. It is yeah. really relative. But by having some type of a framework to use when you are meeting with people, I think that could be really helpful, you know, kind of figuring that out beforehand, what it is that you can live with and what you can't live with, and then also coming up with different scenarios that you can then use as you're interviewing someone. I think that would be a, a great way to make sure that you're picking the right person because I think you first, if you're the one as the decision maker, I think you first have to be the one that decides what it is that you can and can't live with. Yeah, precisely. And don't let emotions interfere. Sometimes you meet somebody you really like. You go, I really like this person. But can you can you work with them? Will the work be productive? Yeah, that can be a tough one because sometimes when you have that likability factor, and Charlie and I talk about this a lot in our workshops, when you have the likability factor, 
It can almost override some of the other shortcomings, but you have to be very careful with those shortcomings and make sure that they're ones that you can live with. Because sometimes when you do have someone that you gel with just on a personality level, and of course they have to have a background that would also be compatible with what your business is, it can make a difference when maybe some of the shortcomings um, are there, but yet... Maybe there was ones that you can overlook. So this has been, um, I really like where we're going with this conversation, so we'll pick it up. We're about to take our second break. So Daphna, please stay with us. Um, this is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we will be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Okay, guys, welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our special guest, um, coach expert, uh, relationship coach expert, Daphna Levy. And we can learn more about Daphna from her website, www.pickingright.com. And also, Daphna, I'm assuming, is that where we can purchase the book also titled Picking Right? Correct. Excellent. So um, we've been blending. uh, Your listeners can sign up to receive uh, free excerpts from the book and tips. And I will be happy to also send them these documents I have on how to identify people who could make or break your business, eight tips to pick in the right partners, employees, and clients. Excellent. And uh, we will be sharing that info uh, and offer hopefully all week, Daphna. Um, so thank you for that. Um, you know, we've been blending the relationship issue between business and personal mm-hmm. um, because, uh, you know, I love it because you can apply it to business, you know. But Daphna, what I get here is, so it's almost like a two-phased approach, uh, and then maybe you could um, talk me down or correct me if I'm wrong, but first we get all of the stuff out on the paper from the checklists, you know, this is what this relationship looks like. And then comes your coaching knowledge or abilities to work through what your checklist determined to see if it's right for that person. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. So that's where um, checklist is one thing, but you really, the value of the coach behind it is what's priceless. Mm-hmm. Right. So the objective for me would be, God, when my head hits the pillow, I have um, a relationship that I can trust that's safe. Right. I mean, and that that's that's probably the goal, I would guess. Right. 
yeah, that's safe and that's going to take your survival and the other person's survival to the next level. Yeah. Because it's going yeah. to be productive, it's going to be successful. And people, their lives change as a result, I would guess. Yes. Right? Well, and it's what I like about it is that, you know, it's no different. If you're picking a partner or if you're picking an employee or if you're picking a husband, we think it's all, or, you know, a spouse, I should say. We think it's all different, but it really is all kind of the same because a bad partner in business can really bring you down. A bad, a bad spouse can really bring you down. And the same qualities that you bring into your business, you're also bringing into your marriage because you're the same person. So, I mean, it makes sense that you would look at it. Um, both of those are relationships that you're building. And so both of those are relationships that you had to look at to make sure that you're picking the right person that's good for you and for the relationship. Right. So ideally, we would want to check in with Daphna prior, right? <laughs> so this way I don't have no, to... No, well, Daphna is giving us the tools in her book as to how to pick a good relationship. Well, I don't want to go in with the blinders either, right? Right. So that's why I need the guidance behind it. Of the coach. Right. That's absolutely that, right. So that ideal. I, if you're the coach to go along with the book, that's ideal. Otherwise you really have to be a self starter and do it yourself. And I actually just got a testimonial from a reader who used the book on their relationship angle. And this man had been divorced and didn't have a relationship for about twenty years. And he read my book twice and the second time he did the exercises very, very, very thoroughly. And now he's engaged. Oh, that's so, terrific. <laughs> I know. So a, a person really has to be a, a, a do-it-yourself type of person, and then mm-hmm. they can just use a book. Otherwise, Charlie's right. Then you have you need to have a coach because we all need this support. We all need this. this. I mean, somebody can rough it and go and get over their a stage fear somehow, or they can hire you, Evine, and get that support and that help to do it better and do it faster. Well, because a coach can actually see the blocks better than yeah. than you can on your own. I mean, a coach can see where you're stumbling. A coach can see right away where um, where you're just not like what you said in the beginning about where you refuse to see when you refuse to see what's absolutely in front of you. That's where a coach can kind of help you with that. Because even if you're going through the book and you're getting a good understanding of it, sometimes you need that objective opinion as well. Um, oh, absolutely. So I had a couple more questions for you. So one of them is I know that that was one of the big mistakes that people make where they refuse to see what's in front of them. But what other mistakes do people make that are pretty critical when it comes to maybe not even a business partner, but just even in a relationship? They they don't watch for these, and, and again, it's similar, but they disregard the red flags. Because many times when I coach somebody, whether it was in, career, in their career or personal life, the person that they had a problem with uh, they saw it coming. They saw it coming in the beginning. The signs were there from the start. And it was, after the fact, it's like, 
what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. But they just refused to see those. They, they just disregarded those those red flags. They and why do you think that is? I mean, why do you think that people, you know, you see the red flags, you know they're there, you feel it in your gut, but why do you think that people do that? I think that a major factor is a sense of scarcity. It will be very hard for me to find the right partner. It's very hard to find the right employee. It's hard to find a good job. When we have a sense of scarcity, we tend to compromise. And we don't realize that there are a lot of jobs in the country, there are a lot of companies, there are a lot of people seeking jobs. We need to not compromise, and we need to keep looking until we find the right match for us. I love that. That scarcity is absolutely right on. Everybody is afraid, not everybody, but a lot of people are afraid that this is the last chance, especially when it comes to a relationship. This is the person, or maybe this person has some type of quality that we feel is lacking in ourselves, and so we're going after it, because if we can get this, then we're going to be okay. That's why we need a coach. Yeah, that's right. Snap out of it. Snap out of it. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing is sometimes you just need to snap out of it and just say to yourself, it's going to be okay. There will be others, especially if after you've been around for a while. I mean, just like you said, in the job market, there are so many people out there that are looking for work or there's so many people that would like to partner with you. And it's the same thing with relationships. It only, especially in a relationship, it only takes one person. Right. So but from what you're saying is we have to do that internal work on ourselves first to start letting go of that fear. And then once we start letting go of some of that fear, then we can be attuned to the red flags and say, "Okay, this isn't you know, if this doesn't work out with this person, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Let's see what these red flags are. But even in business, when you see the red flags, I mean, so many times you can see the red flags with a partner, with an employee. I think the biggest issue is not so much always the red flag. And and I want your opinion on this. I don't think it's always the red flag. I think it's the fact that we don't address the red flag. So maybe there's something has come up, but if we actually took a look at it and said something and worked it through with the person that, we're working with, we might be able to come to some kind of an agreement or some or a change can happen that would make the relationship even stronger. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, and people need to be more uh, daring, if you will, mm-hmm. to express themselves and not be afraid of, of a, a blow-up. I mean, a really good friend, with a really good friend, you can have a blow-up and make up and carry on. And that's when you know you've had a really, really good friend. <clears throat> it is those casual uh, relationships that you have to tiptoe around. Right. And it's the casual relationship that you know isn't really a true relationship if you have to tiptoe around it. But so many of us, I mean, I know I've been guilty of that in the past um, a lot because I would tiptoe around a lot of relationships just for the fear of, well, maybe they're going to come back and say something negative about me, and I don't want to hear that. 
And so we have to build a little bit of resiliency, I would think, around just how we communicate and our communication style and not being afraid to say what we think. Plus, it's what Daphne said earlier. We have to learn to trust ourselves, too. Yeah, it's the trust in ourselves. That's the that's the biggest piece. It's the biggest piece, Um, because without that, we won't we won't address those red flags. and, And just like you said, Daphne, we won't even. Not only will we not address the red flags, we're going to pretend like there are no red flags. There just aren't any red flags. No, everything's fine. We're good. We're good. Hmm. Right? Right. <laughs> That's right. And then imagine if everybody was this way and everybody was more outgoing and outspoken and said, you know, Eva, I really don't like what you said to me the other day. And you'd say, like, really? Well, what did I say? What was? And we would hash it out and we will apologize if we need to, or I will admit that I had misunderstood you. And, I mean, relationships in the workplace and at home would be so much better if people were just outspoken about it. It's, it's sort of like a shared like. leadership approach. Well, it really is, because what happens is is that it's not like if you don't speak up, you're not harboring that anger still. Right. So that anger still, you know, festers somewhere and somewhere down the road, you're going to bring up this incident, you know, two years down the road when that person could say to you, that's not what I meant at all. That's not even what we were talking about. I meant something completely different. And you took it out of context. The whole thing was unnecessary. It was all unnecessary. Right. Yeah, Um, exactly. So uh, we're going to go into our final break. Maybe Daphne, when we come back, we can talk about. Um, what about after the fact? How do we, how do we sustain a relationship once we, once we are committed? Right. Right. Um, so please stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and even our special guest, uh, Daphna Levy. And you could, uh, purchase her book, Picking Right, at her website, www.pickingright.com. Stay with us. We will be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our guest today is Daphna Levy, and she is the author of Picking Right. And you can find out more about her book at PickingRight.com. And also, if you sign up, you can get her um, eight tips for picking the right employee and you can get that from info at pickingright.com. So, Daphne, I know that we were talking about how to pick the right person. So now we've got the right person, be it a employee or a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. So how do we, how do we keep them? I know we touched on a little bit with communication, but what are some of the other things that we need to do to make sure that, you know, we foster this relationship and keep it moving and growing? 
number one mistake that we make in an existing relationship, and that is that we put it on automatic and we stop nurturing it. We stop creating it. We say, oh, well, this is my, let's say this is my, my spouse or uh, in business, so this is my partner or this is my uh, boss or employee and everything is fine. I come every morning, I work, I leave in the evening, all is well. A relationship has to be nurtured and cultivated. It's sort of like a garden that if you, you're not going to leave your garden to the elements and hope that it would rain. You would make sure all is well, you'll pull out the weeds, and the same in a relationship, even in a business relationship. You have to keep it created. You have to keep the interest, if it's an employee, you have to keep them interested. You have to give them the next challenge in the job. You have to give them the next um, a bonus structure or the next promotion or the next uh, uh, professional challenge so that they would remain interested and continue to work. And that's so true because so many times those relationships, especially in the workplace, go on autopilot. But the same is true for the employee as well. Um, as an employee, it's also up to you to start looking at different ways of being creative in your job and looking for different ways to become um, more of a teammate and more of a person that actually is contributing to the success of the entire organization and not just doing the tasks that you've been assigned. I guess, um, yeah, a relationship is mutual. It's mutual, right? It goes both ways. Yeah, that's a really good point around nurturing because you're right in – in personal relationships or businesses, business relationships, we tend to not nurture them. And the nurturing part is so important. And so many times people will look at what their job description is and say, well, I do all these tasks that are on my job description. I'm not understanding why I'm not getting more out of this organization. But it's not just doing those tasks. It's also, you know, coming up with new ideas, coming up with new methodologies, coming up with, you know, creative solutions to issues and, and even it, how you do your job. And it's, it takes effort, right? It takes effort, So in a yeah. relationship, it takes effort also to keep uh, the garden weeded. And sparkling. Right. <laughs> that's absolutely right. No, that's a great point. And is there anything else that we need to do to keep that relationship going, Daphne? Yeah, Daphne, we're looking for a perfect world so uh, and world peace. So, you know... Whatever you can do. Well, you are my brother and sister then. <laughs> I, I'm looking for the same. <laughs> Especially with my background. I was born and raised in Israel. Wow. So I yeah. definitely want a better world and world peace. And picking right and your business and location is now in Pasadena. Is that right? Pasadena, California? California, yeah. Yeah. Nice. We know that area very well. We, we love do. it there. It's very nice. Um, and so what when you decided to write picking right, okay? Uh, I love the title, but I also get that it means picking right for me because every right is relative. Right? Mm. So it gets a little tricky, I guess. Um and how do we know, how do I know if going through your stuff and working with you that I actually am picking right? I mean, what are some of the 
signs that I get that tells me I'm doing the right thing. Does that make sense? You'd have to read my book, Charlie. <laughs> cover to cover, really? Yeah, it's, Excellent. It's selling the book. But you had a question earlier that I failed to answer. You asked what else would keep uh, a, a business relationship going and doing well. And that is honesty. Because people start having silly little secrets from each other in the workplace. And those secrets build a wall between people and they are the enemy of their of the relationship. Uh, whether they, uh, you know, they made a mistake at the photocopy machine or they were paid for uh, mileage but they took the wrong freeway and they keep these little secrets. And then, yeah. but then that alienates them from the rest of the people or alienates them from the boss. And we have to, to address it twofold. The person has to be honest enough to say what had gone wrong and the boss or whoever they confess to has to make it safe for them to come clean. And yeah. the less secret we keep from each other, the closer we're going to feel to one another. Oh, I think that's a good one. And, and, you know, we tend to not bring that one up enough, but that one is so huge in, in both, you know, professional and in personal relationships. Being honest is key. It's like you always say, if there's only, if you're always being honest, you only have one story to keep straight, right? right. I mean, it's so stressful to have all of that dishonesty in the background, even if it starts small. Like I had a friend that used to, you know, buy clothes and then hide it in the closet until she took the tags off. So, oh, no, no, this is just old. I just, you know. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And like what Daphne is explaining, I agree with because it can also become habit forming. Yeah, it's a real right. habit. And right. then the gap gets wider. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it becomes a, a, a terrible situation when there, it oh, was yeah, unnecessary. And have, yeah, and you have to manufacture a new lie to hide the previous lie. Yeah, very yeah. Uncomfortable. I, I'm very lazy. I just tell the truth, and I don't have to remember. That's how I am too. It's, it's from laziness <laughs> that I don't <laughs> don't keep the lies up because it can get it can really snowball. And what happens is is like let's say somebody catches you in a small lie, then they start to wonder, well, what else are you lying about? You know, maybe you're not lying about anything else, but yet the credibility gets shot, especially in a business relationship. Yeah. It really can hurt credibility. Yeah. Lying. That's a great point, Daphna, because honesty is so key. And I don't think, especially in business, I don't think people think integrity enough. Everybody talks integrity. But I mean, even when I brought up in the workshop the other day about how when I was young and one of my coworkers who was a, a level higher than me had said, you know, you really have to learn how to start lying in these meetings because you turn red every time you say something that's not absolutely true. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but I said, but, it, you know, I'm trying to share the way you guys share. And you guys, you know, they're all everybody was always spinning at work. So it was sort of like a half truth. Yeah. And it can really take a toll on you after a while. And it's very simple. Oh, like yeah. Daphna says, just trust, nurture and be honest. Yeah. Right? And sometimes it's not that easy to be honest, though. Um, 
No, so, it again. It takes guts. It takes what? It takes guts. guts. Yes, it takes guts. Yes, mm-hmm. it I does. Agree. And and um and, and a coach. And a coach right. by your side the whole time. Um. So uh, once again, um www.pickingright.com and there's a great book in there, Picking Right. And Daphne, so if I'm a customer and I'm looking for you to help me, how do I uh, I contact you through your website? Yes. And I don't have to come to Pasadena or do I have to come to Pasadena? My favorite coaching is, is face-to-face, but if you are a far away, we can do Skype. Excellent. That's right. perfect. Yes. Yeah. Um, Daphne, we definitely learned a lot today. I made some notes. I love nurturing. I'm going to, you know, take, I'm going to dig for my guts and <laughs> learn how to do a better job nurturing. Get them out of the box from under the bed. Yeah. And we <laughs> will absolutely share this information with our listeners throughout the week. Um, because I think you, I think you bring a lot to the table. Um, and we were very grateful that you joined us. So thank you so much, uh, Daphne. It was great to have you today. It was a pleasure. Hmm. Excellent. So have a great day in Pasadena, and we will try to get the word out as much as possible to purchase this book because I think it's something we all need. I so. agree. I agree. So thank you so much, Daphne. Have a great night. Thank you, Charlie and Eva. Bye. Take care. Um, so once again, e, we we get to cheat, we get to learn about this great content mm-hmm. yes, we um, do. that can help us here in the business and, and everywhere. So right. Uh, and so again, for our listeners, her website is www.pickingright.com. And if you sign up, you go to info at pickingright.com. She will share with you her eight tips for picking the right employee. Excellent. Yes, um, it was great a great show. show. I went under. Thanks for holding. The fort while I was choking. Yeah, are you okay now? I think I'm getting better, yes. Excellent. Excellent. Have a great week, everyone. And uh, we will see you next week. We're dark next week. Oh, we are dark next week. So we see you in two weeks. Two weeks. Excellent. Take care, everyone. Bye. Good night. Bye.